God's grace, peace, and mercy be with you on this 24th Sunday after Pentecost through Jesus Christ our Lord. A couple of years ago on one of our youth beach outings, I read the entire book of Hebrews out loud to the teenagers. It was the first time I had ever read Hebrews uh, from start to finish, and by the third chapter, as I'm reading, the thought came into my mind, is anyone understanding any of this? Because I'm having a hard time following it myself. We made it through, and nobody had anything to say about it. Instead, we were all kind of uh, dazed and confused and just went on with the rest of our beach trip day. It's not surprising, though. American teenagers are a lot different in culture and worldview than the original people that this letter was written to. And that applies to all of us. The Bible was written for all people through all ages, but when you read it, you really should take into consideration who the original hearers were and what their situation was. It really helps to get more out of what's being said. Yes, it's true. The Word of God is a living Word, and the Spirit works faith in the hearts of those who hear it. Nevertheless, when the chisel hit the stone and the quill hit the paper with these words, or when they were first written, a particular audience was in mind. With the book of Hebrews, the original audience was, well, Hebrews, right? But which Hebrews? What, What ones? You know, there were a lot of them. But the ones to which this letter was written to were, well, interesting to say the least. They were a lot like us in many ways, but different in other ways. Now, I'm a theologian and sometimes a philosopher. So are you. You just may not always be aware of it. If you're talking, to, you know, if you're talking about God with someone, you're being a theologian. If you talk about the way things are and what they seem to be or might be otherwise, You're being a philosopher. Sometimes theology and philosophy intersect or they overlap, and that's when things really get fun. Think of yourself standing in a wide open park. Radio waves are all around you, right? And they contain music. Now, your body absorbs the energy, but you can't hear the music. You're not a radio. Because your body can't convert the waves of energy into music. You need a radio to do that. It's the bridge between the imperceptible and the perceptible. Are you with me so far? (laughs) Good, because if you're not, we got a problem. (laughs) You do know what a radio is and how it works. Okay. All right, listening to a radio, there's two things going on at the same time. You know, you can't hear something, and at the same time, you can. You know the radio waves are around you, but you can't hear them without the radio. The unheard and the heard going on at the same time. Uh, It's called duality. Uh, If in your worldview, you believe that seen and unseen things exist together, then you're a dualist. 
We're mostly monists in America. We tend to look at the world as one reality. The, the things which are the real things are, in, are right in front of us, you know, whether it's the, the computer screen, the sidewalk, the people that we're talking to, the food we're eating. You know, that's reality. If you believe the things in front of you are the only reality, then you're a materialist. See, isn't philosophy fun? I'm simplifying it because of time constraints. You know, it's much more complex than that, and any philosophy major would uh, probably condemn me. But the point is that the Hebrews of this letter were dualists. They knew the books of Moses and the prophets and the Psalms very well. They had practiced the temple sacrifices very diligently. They believed that Jesus replaced that old system of sacrificing lambs for the atonement of sin. But some Greek philosophy had made its way into their worldview. For them, the temple was no longer real. It was a shadowy figure of the real thing, heaven. They began to question how an animal sacrificed at the altar can take away sin. It just didn't make sense to them anymore. They believed all those lambs sacrificed in the days before Jesus were not real. They were a shadow of another reality where the sins were taken away. In other words, killing animals doesn't make people better with God. It, how can it? Dualism can take your mind to some very strange places and make you question reality. That's classic Greek philosophy, and it was very popular back then. Today, it's taken on new disguises like New Age spiritualism, but again, most people in the world are monists. And that's not all bad because monism gives us an advantage to see more of what the writer here is saying about Jesus. See, the writer is arguing to these people that if the Old Testament sacrificial system of atonement for sin is a shadow, then Jesus has to be the shadow caster. He's the one casting the shadow. In other words, with Jesus, we're not seeing a shadow. We're seeing the real thing. The real man and God is casting the shadow. So the message of this book is monism in Christ. Don't look for shadowy or vague figures pointing to some other reality. Instead, set your gaze on the real heavenly person, Jesus Christ. In worshiping Him, we put aside the shadows and worship the real God, the only person in this world worthy of our worship because of His power and authority to cancel our debt of sin. Shadows can't do that. I really feel like I, I can't do justice in a 15-minute sermon to umpteen thousand years of Hebrew thought Greek philosophy, and Christian doctrine. I mean, no wonder people today remain in stunned silence after hearing this letter. It argues against a philosophy that maybe Jesus wasn't real after all. And it attempts to keep a community of Jewish Christian converts from sliding back into the old ways, the old covenants between God, Abraham, and Moses. Look, there are Millions, if not 
a billion people in this world who think the Bible is important for the way they live their lives, and it shapes some of their worldview. There are a lot of people who profess to be Christian. Another billion people of Islam consider Jesus to be a holy prophet of God, second only to Muhammad. Another billion Hindus and Buddhists consider Jesus an example of virtue. They like what Jesus says, but to them, He's not the real thing. He's not the one who forgives sin. He's not the compassionate one. He's not the all-merciful one. And He's not the judge of the living and the dead. More people today than ever before, more than when this letter was first written, need to hear it and believe what it says about Jesus. Wouldn't you agree? Stunned silence, folks? Wouldn't you agree? Yes. And we haven't even read the whole letter today. Jesus is the radio between man and God. He bridges the gap between the human and the divine. Billions of people roam this world, and God is all around them like radio waves. His existence is constantly being proclaimed by creation and life itself. But because we've been blinded by sin to be able to naturally tune in to His frequency and perceive Him, we can't. Jesus, the Word, who became flesh, does that for us. I hate to call Him a radio, you know, I mean, there's just no perfect illustration. He's not a device. He's the real person. He's the real person that tunes us in, and now we can hear God and know Him and know His plans for us and why we are here and where we're going. Some listen, some don't, some won't, and some haven't heard yet. But maybe for us, having heard this complex message to the Hebrews will change us to see things differently. To see Jesus more as the man and God who stands with us and for us instead of some faraway shadowy figure. Perhaps we'll see our communing together here at this altar differently. More as the real thing than a shadow of some other reality. Here, we're getting the real Jesus in, with, and under the bread and wine for the forgiveness of our sin and strengthening with, which lasts forever. Because Jesus is real and He is who He says He is, maybe we'll pay more attention to Him more often to what He says to us. Maybe we'll see our sin differently, that it's not just bad decision-making that leads to bad behavior, but our whole physiological condition, which Christ has covered and cleansed with His blood. Maybe we'll see ourselves and our neighbors differently, that we're not the center of the universe. There are other people who need Jesus, who need a, a hello and a little acknowledgement as a fellow citizen of this planet, because we all need that. So may it be so for you and me and all people. And may the peace of God, which surpasses all human understanding, keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus.